Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lands. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. And we are in 1 Samuel. So turn in your Bibles there, 1 Samuel. We're going to look at foolishness and faith, the comparison between Jonathan and Saul, his dad. And unfortunately, sometimes when you start comparing father and son, sometimes you see more faith in a son than you do a dad. Mm. Did I have to start off with that? (laughs) Sometimes you see more faith in a wife than you do in a husband. Um, There is a spectrum of faith. And while it is true that faith is a gift from God, it is also true that there are people who exercise faith. Indeed, if you've studied the Bible at all, you know that Hebrews 11 we we call the great hall of faith. And it says, by faith, this person did that. By faith, hopefully we can kill that alarm in the parking lot. By faith, they did great exploits in the name of the Lord. And I told you last Wednesday when we were together, I don't want to just read stories about faith. I want to live out my faith. Do you agree? Here's another thought. I don't want just to read the Bible I want the Bible to read me. So Psalm 19 says something like that. After it talks about uh, the glory of the Word of God and its power and its ability to go deep in us, the psalmist says, Lord, search me and help me with my hidden faults, the things that I don't see but maybe others see and they haven't told me about it yet. (laughs) Help me with those things. Amen? I need all the help I can get. Father, we come before you right now, and we just uh, pray that as we have now worshipped you through song, we can worship you through the word. My prayer is that your Bible would read us tonight, and we would take a deeper look at our faith. And we want to be more like Jonathan than we are like Saul. But the truth is we can sympathize so much with Saul because we're like him. We can be impetuous. We can be impatient. We can sometimes say, well, I'll be obedient to that, but not to this. We can pick and choose and somehow even think that that's not a big deal. Forgive us for the times that we do that, Lord. Thank you that we're forgiven in Jesus, but thank you also that you challenge us to live out faith James tells us that he'll show us his faith by what he does. And Lord, on a human level, that's really the only way it's going to be seen. And so I pray that our faith, most of all, would please you, but it would be lived out in practical obedience, in taking um, more ground for the sake of the gospel. And we just ask that you would lead us and guide us by your Holy Spirit in this study tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so 1 Samuel, chapter 14, verse 24. We've been looking at the massive faith of Jonathan as compared to his dad, and we saw him and his armor bearer step out in a radical uh, step of faith. Don't tell dad if you were here last Wednesday. They said, 
That doesn't mean don't tell your dad if you were here. But uh, he took off with the armor bearer and he said, don't tell my dad, but we're going and we're going to take these Philistines down. And I showed you pictures of the area where historians and scholars believe they were. And it was just incredible what they had to do. And they and Jonathan asked the Lord, uh, he, he gave a sign really, and uh, he said, if they do this, then we're going to believe that the Lord has given them into our hands. And they did it. And the Philistines kind of laughed at them. What are these two Hebrews going to do? They're going to have weapons. And we know what happened. A great victory had happened. And the Lord uh, used Jonathan's faith to take uh, 20 Philistines down and to cause the whole battle to turn around. Sometimes it just takes one person to believe God. Just one. The question is, do you want to be the one? Do you want to take God at his word and believe him? I know Bill does because he keeps, keeps saying, yeah. Now, verse 24 says, Now the men of Israel were hard-pressed. They were in distress, NIV, on that day. We'll come back to that. For Saul had put the people under oath, saying, Cursed be the man who eats food before evening, and until I have avenged myself on my enemies. So none of the people tasted food. Now we're flashing back a little bit to the day of the battle for Samuel 14, 24. And here's what's happening. Saul has given a command to his army and he has said this, I don't want anybody eating anything until I am avenged on my enemies. One of the contrasts between Jonathan and Saul is that Jonathan said, the Lord can save by few or he can save by many. Saul said, I am going to be avenged on my enemies. You don't hear anything about God. It's all about Saul. And so he puts the whole uh, army under this terrible oath. He has really no reason to do it. But he says, I don't want you guys eating. Now, if you try to do an athletic competition without eating, it's not really good. Amen? Some of you have done running and that kind of thing. You know you've got to get your carbs the night before, right? And you're supposed to eat pasta. You're supposed to eat pasta every day. Don't you guys know that? But actually... <laughs> The day before you run, because then you have some extra carbs to burn. What does Saul do? He takes his diminished army that's down to 600 men. Then he adds one more on them. And he says, look, there's an oath now. I'm your king. You're going to listen to me. Nobody's eating around here until I'm avenged on my enemies. Saul had been sitting under the pomegranate tree, as we saw last week. And he was trying to figure out what to do while Saul was actually taking down the enemies. And why did Saul take this oath? Um, well, let me ask you a question. How many silly oaths have you made? You know, sometimes we, we take an oath because we're trying to twist the divine arm, as it were. Okay, God, if I do this, then you'll do that, right? Right? Wrong. God is not going to be coerced. Now, certainly God will honor fasting and prayer. But he says, look, if you're going to do that, do that with the right heart for the right reasons. In other words, do that because you want to do something for me, not for yourself. Don't fast just because you want to lose weight. That was just a low kind of... <laughs> That's a fringe benefit. 
But that's not the main reason you fast. Indeed, Isaiah 58 says, on the day of your fast, you're throwing blows with your brother or your sister. But you're fasting. You're fasting and fighting. I thought fasting was supposed to get you closer to the Lord. I thought fasting was supposed to make you more spiritual. If it makes you more cranky, you might want to eat. Because it's becoming counterproductive. And so, Jonathan goes down in faith. His dad is acting foolishly. Sometimes when we are hard-pressed, when we don't know what to do, we say silly things. We make silly commitments. We might make this grandiose oath. Lord, if you get me out of this one, this is what I'll do. And look, God is a God of grace. And I know people who have done that and they've actually honored what they say, said they, they were going to do. But there was no reason for Saul to bring everybody into this oath. And it was just silly. It was dumb. He had a fighting army. They had to travel a lot. And even though God gave them the victory, they, there was still some battle ahead of them. Go over to First Chronicles. SKC is how I remember the first and second Samuel, first and second Kings, first and second Chronicles. Go to Second Chronicles chapter sixteen. Second Chronicles sixteen. SKC. That's the way to remember these books. So you know what's amazing? Oh, there we go. I have a new gadget. I no longer am printing out paper notes for many of my Bible studies and the thing won't cooperate. <laughs> anyway, Second Chronicles 16, look at verse 7. At that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa king of Judah and said to him, because you have relied on the king of Aram, I want you to see some of the words of faith in here. Faith is reliance, but you have relied, Second Chronicles 16, 7, on the king of Aram, and have not relied on the Lord your God. Therefore, the army of the king of Aram has escaped out of your hand. Were not the Ethiopians and the Luvim an immense army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet, because you, what? You relied on the Lord, that's a word of faith, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord moved to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support, not just support, but strongly support those whose what heart is completely his. Remember how we have named this study a man after God's own heart. Do you want to know an insight into faith? Do you want to know the people that God not just supports, but strongly supports? Those whose hearts are what? Completely his. Now, I would like to say that every day my heart is completely God's. But the truth of the matter is that's not always the case. That's why when I was reading one commentary this week, he was saying it's so easy to sympathize with Saul because we're so much like him. We're so good at partial obedience. We're so good at making excuses when we don't do everything that God has called us to do. And our sins don't look so bad when we're doing them. They look horrible when somebody else is doing them, though. Right? It's easy to see the wrongs that we do when they're being modeled in our children. 
or someone close to us. And so the Lord says, You have acted foolishly through the prophet. The opposite of faith is foolishness. In this, indeed, from now on, here's the consequence, you will surely have wars. Now, when you're confronted in a situation, let's say somebody spiritual comes to you, you know they're trustworthy, and they say a hard word to you. Part of your faith-growing experience is how you respond to that. And Asa, like the great king that he was, at least in this moment, he was angry with the seer. (laughs) Do you sometimes get angry at the messenger? I don't like that person. Why? Because I don't like what they said. They're in my kitchen. You ever been driving down the road and a radio pastor has gotten right to the heart of the matter and you changed the station? Nope. (laughs) Not going to listen to that one. Why? A little too close to home? That's right. You get mad at the messenger. That's what Asa did. And he put him in prison, 10 For he was enraged in him for this, and Asa oppressed some of the people at the same time. I'm reading this to you because I am a messenger, and I don't want any of you to get angry with me. So I want you to listen to this. And now, the acts of Asa from first to last, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet. His disease was severe. Yet even in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. And so Asa slept with his fathers, having died in the 41st year of his reign. Now, we have to clarify this, that there's nothing wrong with going to the doctor. Sometimes God uses doctors, although I will tell you in much of my experience with doctors, When you finally get in to see your doctor, you're lucky if you get five minutes with him or her. And then when you do, you get a prescription. Here, take this. You say, I haven't even finished explaining to you what's happening to my body. Doesn't matter. Everything in this category gets resolved with this. Boom. Cannot read the signature. Because doctors do that on purpose. They don't want you to know who they are. I'm just kidding. There's some good doctors out there. So then you go on the internet and you begin to read things about what has just been prescribed to you. Or do you you laugh at these commercials? This product can help you with this. Although if you take it, your legs may fall off. (laughs) What? And then there's 13 other things that could happen to you on that medication. And you're like, you know what? In thinking back to that doctor visit, I do not recall him ever mentioning one of those things. What is going on here? And it struck me. I'm pretty quick. You know, if I have a neck ache, ibuprofen. Not saying anything's wrong with that. Or if I'm going, you know, I feel a cold coming on, vitamin C. But... I kind of felt like the Lord spoke to my heart and said, how often do you come to me? And before you do any of that other stuff, ask me. Now, the Lord, as I said, he can use many different means to heal. But my point is simply this. Sometimes I think we lose faith 
and we go with what we know instead of the one that we're supposed to know better and better. Amen. Proverbs 29 verse 1 says, A man who hardens his neck after much reproof will suddenly be broken beyond remedy. When the righteous increase, the people rejoice, but when a wicked man rules, people groan. A man who loves wisdom makes his father glad, but he who keeps company with harlots wastes his wealth. The king, listen to this, Proverbs 29.4, gives stability to the land by justice. But a man who takes a bribe overthrows it. Turn back to 1 Samuel. Here's the point. Much is riding on leadership, political and spiritual. And a man who is a stable leader, a woman who is a stable leader, who is relying upon God, brings stability to others. You see, you don't just lead in a vacuum. Leaders, by definition, impact many people. And Saul was the king that everybody wanted so desperately. But what has he now done? He's hamstrung his army, which has been reduced. Everybody's been fleeing from him. They don't trust him. Now, everybody's got an aching belly because he said, I don't want you to eat until I am avenged. 1 Samuel 14, 25. And all the people of the land or the district entered the forest and there was honey on the ground. Now don't you love this? Nobody's eating anything. They go into the forest. Oftentimes battles took place in forests, but this appears to be like a, a meeting, a break, a respite to get a little you know, R&R and maybe kind of regather the troops. And when the people entered the forest, behold... Doesn't it, doesn't it always happen when you're fasting? There was a flow of honey. Not just honey. It was a land. It was a forest flowing with honey. Anybody like honey out there? I like honey. Make a nice little biscuit with honey. Oh, ho, ho, ho. That could be my meal right there. But no man... Now picture the army. No man put his hand to his mouth, for the people feared the oath. Oaths were taken very seriously in those days, unlike today. In the Near East, they reckoned oaths to have divine authority. The honey was right there. For me, it would be like having yogurt machines (laughs) right there. All you got to do is pull down the handle. When I go to the yogurt place, I get 27 sample cups. (laughs) Boom, boom, boom. And then I leave and I say, I'm full. I'm not going to buy anything. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) Aren't you supposed to be a man of integrity, Pastor? I'm just kidding. I don't do that. I buy something after I gorge myself on samples. Boy, that looks wonderful. There's just one catch. Can't have any. Can't touch that. Don't touch it. Don't eat it. Even though it's there. Can't have any. And what do you think the army's probably doing now? Whether out loud or in your mind, who is your number one enemy now? Saul. This, you know... Saul, you're Saul, 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 Saul. What has he done to us? Nobody can partake. Nobody can eat. You see, when we lack faith, we make 
big mistakes that can impact a lot of people. We start operating in the flesh. And we say, well, I don't have to take everything that God says seriously. I can pick and choose. And then we lose touch of the sacred. And then promises don't mean anything anymore. And this is true in the body of Christ. It's true in us. One writer says, The Bible's remarkable teacher teaching is that those who think like that and therefore behave like that are foolish. They don't think every word applies to them. The fool says in his heart, what does he say? There is no God, Psalm 14.1. This psalm is not speaking just of a theoretical atheist who argues philosophically against the existence of God. No doubt such a person is included. But the psalm speaks of all who live as if there is no God. To disobey God's commands is the outward expression of the inward thought. And such a person, says this author, is a fool. And if you read Psalm 14, what you'll discover is that the fool that says in his heart there is no God, says that not on evidential grounds. He says it, she says it, because they want to do what they want to do. The next verses say they've all become corrupt because they want to live out whatever their uh, sexual mores or corrupt uh, ways are. So they say there's no God. There's no God. Because then they don't have to obey God, or at least they've convinced themselves that they don't. Or it doesn't apply in this situation, or I'm the exception, or there's a loophole somewhere in this. But Jonathan had not heard, look at verse 27, when his father put the people under the oath. Remember, he had snuck away with the armor bearer, and he was the one responsible for the victory. Therefore, he put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and dipped it in the honeycomb. I mean, when Jonathan saw what was going on, he was like, this is the land, the forest flowing with milk and honey, baby. This is cool. And he stuck his staff in the honeycomb and he put some to his mouth and his eyes brightened. (laughs) I don't know if he had low blood sugar or what was going on. But all of a sudden, man, have you ever, has that ever happened to you? You just taste a little, oh, you feel like you have energy now to, to go on, right? Oh, that's good. Yeah. We can keep going now. But you could imagine that not everybody was happy about the development because Jonathan comes strolling in. Ignorance is bliss, right? There's honey everywhere. I don't know what your guys' problem is, but... Let's dip in. And then one of the people answered and said, Hey! That's in the Hebrew. Hey! Your father strictly put the people under an oath saying, Cursed be the man who eats food today. And the people were weary. (laughs) Can you see it? Bunch of people turn around. Hey, you! You're his kid, aren't you? Yeah. You don't know what your dad did? He's got us all starving over here. The honey's coming to our feet. 
Can't touch it. And you, what have, what have you done? Your dad said, if somebody does that, it's a curse. And Jonathan said, my father has troubled the land. You know, Jonathan already knew what his dad was about. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the church tab. You can follow us on Instagram at livingtruthcorona or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org. Well, you're listening to Living Truth Radio. This is Pastor Michael Lance. And Living Truth Radio is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's a great honor for us to be on this station. We have some great opportunities leading into 2017. We could really use your prayers and your financial support. Radio time is uh, can be pretty expensive, and our congregation foots most of the bill, along with some faithful givers who give regularly to Living Truth Radio. Would you join that army of givers? This would be one way that I think you could take a step of faith by helping support a ministry that's been a blessing to you. If we've poured into you, would you help us out? You know, we don't want to pull anything off the air, but we have some tough decisions in front of us if we don't get more listener support. Just being honest, I'm not going to sit here and beg, but I'm just going to make the need known. We have a need. And for us to continue on with some of our programs on certain stations, uh, we're going to need your help. So would you please prayerfully consider a year-end gift and even helping us on an ongoing basis as you partner with Living Truth Radio. If you believe in what we're doing, uh, we'd really appreciate your your help. And uh, if you'd like to send in a gift and request my book, Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, you can do that by reaching out to us through the website. Go to livingtruthradio.org, click on the Donate button, and just send us a note and say, hey, I gave a donation of you know, ten, twenty, fifty dollars, hundred, whatever it's going to be, and I'd like a copy of Pastor Michael's book. We'd be happy to send that out to you, LivingTruthRadio.org. If you'd like to send us a letter, and maybe even send us a check by uh, regular mail, you can send it to Living Truth, one zero zero nine Arsenal Way, Corona, California, nine two eight eight zero. One more time, it's Living Truth, one zero zero nine Arsenal Way. Think of the armor of God, and you've got it. Corona. California, 92880. We are uh, excited about what God wants to do in 2017. We'd like to walk through every open door that he provides for new stations, and we do have them asking, so we could really use your prayers for wisdom, support, and your financial help. We need uh, prayer for finances as well. Again, all of that can be done. You can find out more about the ministry, access uh, sermon archives with verse-by-verse teaching, and a lot of other stuff is up at livingtruthradio.org. This is Pastor Michael on behalf of Coach Chris Van Hook, who's helped us out with some of the teaching through First Samuel, Oscar Santa Cruz, who produces the program, and Cameron Thomas helping us out on the recordings and the board today and the editing. Uh, thanks for all of you guys' help, and we'll catch you t- uh, next time on Living Truth Radio.